0: This is Nest, produced in association with Foul Writing. The first letter in this series is written and read by Amy Lilwall. Find out more at foulwriting.com.
1: Dear Mr. McDonough, please find enclosed my receipts for the trough. Yes, you can refund by cheque if that's easier for you, although I can't remember the last time I banked a cheque. I usually use PayPal whenever I buy anything from eBay, but I know this circumstance is quite unusual. It's actually very refreshing to go back to old methods, letter writing, banking checks and the like. I have boxed up the nest as best I can and hope that nothing has been broken in transit. Your men came to collect it all yesterday at 10am, as promised. There are now only five eggs. I still haven't found the other one. Perhaps it hatched and whatever was inside took itself off somewhere. I can't imagine that my cat would have taken it. We've kept it shut in the shed since it arrived. The trough, that is, not the cat. I can only assume that the newly hatched creature ate its own shell as I haven't found a single fragment. Please note that since our last exchange, one of these eggs has started to mottle, and these new marbling veins are tacky to the touch. I wore gloves when I wrapped it up and would advise you to do the same when handling the nest. The trough is discoloured in one corner, the corner where the nest was huddled. You will see that the discoloration has traversed the stone and is now visible from the outside, although it hasn't stained our shed floor, I'm happy to report. My husband, upon arriving home from a trip away, noticed a significant change in size, almost as if the eggs are growing. The others continue to tap, only at sunset or if covered with a blanket. You will notice that the tapping gradually synchronises and becomes one collective rhythmic knock. I've never heard of this before and can't find any information online about this kind of behaviour. Perhaps they're calling for a parent. On the second night I covered them with a large heated towel and it seemed to calm them or simply muffle the noise. I was quite pleased that I'd managed to create a fake mother for them. After three minutes, however, the smell was unbearable. Dried cheese and cat food is the only way I can describe it. I returned when the towel had cooled, the smell had dissipated, thankfully. You mentioned that your father kept the trough in his aviary for years. Who's to say that some of the Avery residents, or even descendants of the residents, didn't continue to return after he'd moved away? I've given this a great deal of thought, and if you don't mind my saying, I think that this is why you have asked us not to involve the RSPCA. I know that, way back when, all kinds of species were illegally traded as pets. This was simply a sign of the times, and I don't see why you should be held accountable for what went on. Your secret is safe with us. Although I appreciate your generous offer of compensation, I'd like some reassurance that our proximity to this nest won't cause us any harm. We don't need compensation, that's not our way but I'd like to reiterate the fact that my husband picked up an egg and held it to his nose before he went away. We'd simply like your assurance that if something were to happen, you'd be willing to disclose any useful information to a medical third party. Evidently, you are reluctant to share it with us. Just incidentally, I'm quite disappointed about having to return the trough I'm not sure I'll be able to get another one of that age and size. We had to call my sister-in-law and my two nephews to help us move it, and even then we could only lift it onto casters and wheel it into the shed. Goodness knows how your two men lifted it into the back of their van. Anyway, we were hoping to use it as an out-of-the-ground fish pond. Perhaps if you come across something similar you'd let us know. Unlikely, I know, but worth a shot. I shall await your cheque. I'll be in touch when I've received it, although most probably by email. Yours sincerely, Olya Ryder
0: Hello, Amy. Uh, thank you for reading that. That was really that was really nice. It was really oh, nice to sit in there and, and hear it. Uh-huh. Um, so this is the first letter of Nest. Yes the new Fowl Writing Epistolary project.
1: That's right, yes.
0: Um, I wondered if you wanted to talk a little bit about that, what it is and why Fowl Writing has decided to do this specific project. Why Epistolary and why Nests?
1: Okay, well, we wanted to include some more creative content in foul writing and we thought in order to encourage that it would be quite good to start up a series Mm -hmm. Um, and an epistolary project, it sounded like a logical way of doing that. Um, The idea of the nest was Sherry's idea. Um, and it's one of those things that you can't really explain where it came from. She just came into the office one day and said, I want to talk about nests. <laughs> I think it would be really cool if we used it as a prompt. You find a nest. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, okay. So um, she set up a schedule with a foul writing team, and um, I was commissioned as the first writer, uh, which was great. Um, and we have another eight or nine, I think, installments. Yeah. Um Uh, which is great and the idea also is that it will be slightly organic so you know if people find that they've got an overwhelming response and they just have to reply to one of the letters then we would welcome that as well yeah so Mm -hmm. it's
0: kind of as well as being planned it's also kind of left a little bit
1: open yeah yeah Um,
0: a bit like a nest
1: a bit like a nest (laughs) (laughs)
0: um so could you tell me a little bit about the process that you went through in terms of you were commissioned to write a piece about a letter about someone finding a nest.
1: Yeah. So yeah, how yeah. did
0: you go about thinking who this person is and why they found the nest, and why they're writing a letter?
1: Um, well, I wanted to kind of make it contemporary, as in modern day, mm. um, but I wasn't quite sure how to go about that. Also, I'd been told that I had to give lots of narrative cues um, to make sure there were lots of narrative balls up in the air, as it were, so I thought, oh, okay... And then I just thought, well, why would someone be writing a letter today? Why? We write lots of emails. Then I kind of imagined an older person might write a Mm -hmm. letter. Hopefully that art is still alive (laughs) (laughs) Um, among older generations. Why would they do that? Why would they write a letter? And then I just thought, okay, well, maybe there is a letter of complaint. Um, They bought something and they didn't like it, so they were sending it back. And then obviously it's not that now, but that's how the whole thing evolved. Yeah, you can Mm. definitely
0: still see the sort Mm. of origins of that Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Uh um it's interesting you're saying about throwing up narrative cues in the Uh air we were both at a lecture given by the head of the bbc writers room yes
1: yes yes yeah who
0: said about the uh how series are written in the us tv series specifically Mm -hmm. they don't know how it's going to end no but they're going through laying the track before the train exactly how she described it of um sort of throwing up these these narrative cues and then they get to episode 25 and they go oh we've run out of stuff uh-huh. oh but he opened the drawer and looked yeah, at the letter in the drawer and put it back Mm-mm-mm. and we can use that and so i i'm i'm imagining a lot of that is going to be coming through the pipeline of, of nest It'll be quite interesting to see
1: well it was quite an easy task for me because i got to write the first one so i was constantly and this is rather unusual for me i was constantly thinking about the person who'd be picking up the line after me and it was really fun because I thought oh, I'll chuck this in there chuck that in there that will that's quite a curveball which is a bit cruel in a way but I had fun with it
0: <laughs> yeah I think I, mm. I guess as a novelist mm. you don't have that you don't no. have someone who's responding to your work no. and so it's no, very no, no. much a uh, I'm writing this for me and yeah. and you know if down the line a sequel was written I'd yeah. have to respond to my own stuff yeah, but yeah, yeah. thinking about oh, I can play with this a bit more because yeah. someone else has got to do it. Yeah, exactly. I don't have to worry about <laughs> exactly. picking up on my own cues. I won't revisit it ever again, so I <laughs> need to read it. <laughs> um, so you you spoke about being uh, contemporary, um, mm. which obviously is with reference to PayPal and mm-hmm.
1: eBay. And yeah.
0: Um, but I still thought that the, the language was quite timeless. It could have been now, it could have been 1910, mm. it could have been 1760. Yeah. Um, I think that probably comes from in your head having an older character yeah. as the narrator. But mm. d- is that something that you often write in this sort of timeless way, or do you, was it just, it just came from the character?
1: It just came, it was all about the character, really. I mean, I was cringing when I was writing words like thankfully, or mm-hmm. I can't think of another example, but yeah, it's really. Uh, as you say, it's quite classic language, and yeah. I'm not used to dealing with that at all. But I had to stop myself and say, hey, you know, this is the voice of the character. This is not your responsibility. You just have to write as you believe she would write. Mm-hmm. So I thought a bit about my mom. How would she write a letter? And, you know, uh, she would include that kind of vocabulary, I think, in an effort to formalize what she's saying yeah. so that she's friendly, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, at the same time creating that distance. And, yeah, that's why I chose that tone, I think. Yeah.
0: I mm. suppose, especially if it's a um, letter of complaint, yeah, then yeah, there's yeah. a certain amount of formality that comes with that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you can see halfway through that she's she well, she is quite friendly. She doesn't want compensation, but she's quite nosy. She really wants to know what is up with this box of eggs. Mm. Um, so yeah, I just try to inhabit her voice, I suppose. Yeah.
0: Um. So, uh, in in the piece you talk about carefully sort of lifting the nest out and and moving it about and um, I thought that you also kind of carefully moved about the words with this I suppose it came with inhabiting the character but it felt very considered Mm. and um, I just thought that was really interesting
1: you mean in reading the words or in writing the words?
0: Uh, in reading them aloud, uh-huh. I ah, felt that okay. you, were, you, you were really considering the sound of the words.
1: Aha, uh-huh. okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's probably because I'm in quite an unusual situation. I can hear myself speak. So yeah. <laughs> maybe that had it some is, sort of influence. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: um, do you read your work aloud when you write it? Or or do you read it aloud to other people?
1: Yeah, I do read it aloud to other people. Oh. And I enjoy doing that. Um and again, uh, you mentioned earlier the fact that this is quite a classic text. Um, I think it's changed my reading voice a little bit mm. because I'm, and also I'm used to reading from my novel, so I kind of know my way around this. Sure. And the first time I read this aloud when it was when I had a quick practice through this morning. Mm. Um, and they're words that I'm not used to, you know, so... And also, you were sat there as well, and I know that you, <laughs> you you're like the big pro at this. So <laughs> I thought, okay, this better be good, Amy. You've got to pull <laughs> this one out of the bag.
0: <laughs> um, no, I, re- I really enjoyed hearing what sounded. It sounded quite natural, but it sounded like you were enjoying
1: uh-huh. reading uh, it aloud, yeah. which
0: really comes across.
1: Uh, okay.
0: You often get writers that read their work aloud that seem sort of ashamed of it and it, yeah it doesn't come across but it came across really nicely i'm,
1: I'm really yeah. conscious of the fact that if you don't read something slowly and clearly then people just won't get it because mm. reading is very hearing a red text is very difficult to engage with
0: yeah so that's that sort of brings me on to my mm-hmm. next point about um considerations that you make when obviously you wrote this mm-hmm. to be read on the page mm-hmm. on the screen and, th- and yeah. then we sort of came up with this idea of showing yeah. off the letters yeah. um, in a different form so that it's yeah more accessible to everyone yeah. and um and also gives this little extra content uh-huh. in the end yeah. um was there a certain consideration you were practicing this morning being like oh if i'd if i'd known that this was going to be a an, a red piece yeah or a, a piece to be listened to would i think differently about it or or d- would it have been the same if you'd
1: it's interesting because this is um, uh, because the transcript transcript is essentially already published. Yeah. I thought that I had to remain faithful to the text. Um, when I'm reading from my novel, I cross bits out of it constantly in order that it um, it, it complements the style of my voice when I read Mm. although I didn't feel like I could change this at all so there were moments when I thought I I would I would change that sentence so it sounds better read but I didn't dare I think (laughs) I might have changed one bit so I actually found it quite difficult to um to work with in terms of reading it because I thought I was really stuck to the text I couldn't Mm. kind of change the sentence layout as it were yeah
0: I noticed that your your tone sort of changed as Mm -hmm. if you were becoming the character as Aha. well which is really interesting <laughs> so so I think not changing the text to suit you mm. but rather changing you to suit the text was really something that I noticed
1: wise words indeed <laughs> I'm taking notes, I'm that's, taking notes. That's <laughs> a-
0: acting 101 um, <laughs> <Lovely>. <laughs> um oh yeah the one one other thing I noticed mm. that was really I found that really kind of stuck with me you were talking about um when the Creatures inside the eggs, whatever they might be, I'm assuming birds, but they could have been alligators.
1: I don't know what they are, could have been platypuses.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Were synchronized, the tapping on the eggs, yeah. And it it kind of reminded me of how this project is about writers synchronizing with one idea, but also remaining unique and themselves and keeping their own voice but engaging in this one big project, yeah. And that kind of Image and I don't know if it was something you'd thought of when you were writing it.
1: No, it's funny these things because they're hardly ever intentional, no. are they? But you know, once it's been read by someone else, then they come up with all kinds of ideas, which is great. Um, funny also that I'm always harping on about describing through action, and that's why um, I, I wrote that line. I suppose what can they be doing these eggs? And mm. that's essentially what we're doing, describing through yes. action. I suppose yeah. as a as a collective. But, um, yeah, no, I like that idea. Was it intentional? No, not at all. No. <laughs> I just, I thought it was,
0: I thought it was interesting. Lovely I wonder parallel, if anyone yeah. else will pick up on it.
1: They will now. They
0: will now. I've said it out <laughs> loud and it will be out there. But, um, yeah. uh, my last point was yeah. on the sort of key theme of this piece, I think, well, to me, I don't yeah. know whether it was intentional, is the interaction between the natural and the mm. human. Mm. Um, because it's a very human reason for the letter it's mm-hmm. uh needing to return this thing i bought on ebay yeah which is not something that occurs naturally
1: <laughs> no even more human than that i would say is the fact that it it does—it evolves into something different in that she actually wants to know what the eggs mm. are um so that then becomes the purpose of the letter i suppose yeah. rather than just complaining it's a it's natural interest for what's going on inside these eggs um, yeah
0: but the the way that that sort of therefore links into mm-hmm. the the natural mm-hmm. world and this this uh, act of a nest existing and mm-hmm. having eggs in it it predates mm. letter writing by yeah. <laughs> several <laughs> hundreds of thousands of years yeah. um is that a, an interest you had before this before being commissioned for this project was the sort of natural world and the way that we interact with it is this something you'd considered before or is this sort of new ground for you
1: well, I suppose like everyone, you know, we all have our interests in the environment, and we try to do as best we can um, on a daily basis just mm. to be better people. Um, but I think actually, funnily enough, that's why I turned it into a letter of complaint to eBay because I, my first vision, you find a nest, was being in some leafy graveyard somewhere mm. and discovering a little nest. Um, but I was quite frightened of describing that natural setting and I'm not sure why I was more in my comfort zone to do it this way so that's probably not the response that you're looking for but I guess I was avoiding that connection which is which is interesting
0: that is in itself uh, an interesting answer yeah being Uh and I think perhaps it's it's to do with how massive the natural can be to a writer yeah and and how much history there is there of however many hundreds of of acclaimed writers have written about the natural and you mm. come along and go, Oh, I need to write a letter about this. But yeah. <laughs> I don't want to step on Wordsworth's toes. <laughs> no, that's
1: true, because then the focus would have to be on the setting and yeah. and, and it's really about the, the plot, I suppose, mm. here. But and it's about the, the character. About the character as well, yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Thank you cool. very much.
1: Thank you, Alex. <laughs> that's all right. So
0: um look out for foul writing for the next instalment. Mm -hmm. And we will see you next time. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and rate and review on Apple Podcasts. and Join us next time in a couple of weeks for the next letter of Nest. In the meantime, check out everything else we do at foulwriting.com.